This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. felt like I was dying. I was like, this could be the last time I see my parents. I don't want to go, I, want, I don't want to die in an ambulance sort of thing. Yeah, they came and picked me up and rushed me to the hospital. And I just remember being at like one of the scariest moments of my life. Like I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know if I was having a heart attack or I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Get to the hospital and explain to them what was going on. And and the guy was like, uh, yeah, we think you're having an anxiety attack. I was like, what? No. It's, no way like I, that doesn't happen to me sort of thing you know hey everybody welcome to the stillness podcast our goal with this podcast and the pottery studio is to introduce you to ways that you can find stillness in your life our guest today is going to take us through his journey and experience working at jobs that didn't fulfill him how this took a toll on his mental health and a bunch of tools that he's used to combat anxiety. I'd like to now welcome Trevor Blackstock. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So you, I'd like, I probably want to get to where you're at now, but let's, mm-hmm. let's start back when you were working at um, that job you were talking about in Sydney, mm. where you um, didn't feel fulfilled in your work. Mm. Yeah. Um, basically, like, it, it, it's, I've never really felt like I've fitted in, in, any jobs that I've that I've done really like the classic nine to five sort of thing it's it's never been it's never been right for me I've never really found my groove in any of them mm-hmm. um, that one in particular was uh, quite a tough one because I'd actually just come I actually there's one job that I've one nine to five job that I've ever that is the only one that I've ever really loved yeah and um, it was a contract role that I did for a company where like it was just such a cool job I used to get flown over to like Vanuatu and all sorts of cool stuff and mm. just spend time on on boats which was something that I really enjoyed doing um and by the end of the contract that it was supposed to um get extended and and uh they actually um they couldn't afford to to keep me on so I got made redundant from that and actually really took a, a heavy mental a heavy toll on my mental health that one like mm. It was kind of like a breakup, like a real, real serious breakup. Because you're really into yeah. boats, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love my boats and, and just being on the water in general, sort of thing. So, um, do you yeah. sail? Uh, no, I've never. I've actually never sailed. Never sailed. It's just yeah, mostly, mostly like power boats and that sort of stuff. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah. what what sort of jobs? Um, let's just quickly go through all the ones which you didn't feel fulfilled in. I mean. Yeah, sure. There's a few you don't need to mention. Oh, there's heaps. But yeah, there's, like I started as as a graphic designer, which I always thought I'd love because I'm because I'm quite a creative type of person, and um, I studied graphic design for like three years, and then worked as a designer for for one year, and just realized it wasn't for me. Like mm-hmm. the, I always had to do work that the clients like. It was basically just mind numbing sort of work. Um, so I got out of that and then uh, went into another job um, at a at a sort of fishing company mm-hmm. and it just, you know, like it just had people constantly looking over my shoulders and, and all that sort of thing and just like micromanaged me and, and I'm not great with that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so there's those and then 
I don't know, there's a whole host of other little jobs here and there, like even from before that, like when I moved over here from South Africa, um, I worked at McDonald's and just couldn't, like <laughs> it was like the word, I think I lasted like three months there. I was like, nah, this is, I just couldn't do it. Just having someone like looking over me and take, it feels like my freedom gets taken away and I'm not great with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going like back to the, the um, job that I really enjoyed, got made redundant from there and I actually like, it really affected me. Um, like I said, it was kind of like a, um, like a serious breakup. Mm. Um, and then from there I went into, like I couldn't find another job in Sydney, which was quite stressful because you know, obviously the prices of Sydney are quite high and um, I ended up finding a job through, at an ad agency um, and I was working for a company that, had just gone through a pretty big, um, like a pretty big bad publicity thing. They were fudging numbers of their cars and all sorts of stuff. And yeah, right. um, I, my role was kind of to to get in there and kind of direct the conversation away from all of the lies that this company had. Um, yeah, right. That this company had had said, and it just really didn't align with my values. But I had no, I had no option. Like I was just if I didn't if I wasn't working there. Like I had struggled so hard to find a job before that, and if I wasn't working there, I was wasn't earning anything, and I yeah. couldn't afford to live anymore. So, so what sort of were you lying to customers, or what would you actually not so much lying, but um, kind of covering the truth up a little bit? Yeah, um, yeah. It 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 just like. It should have been a case where it's like, where it was like, yeah, we did this, we're sorry, like mm. blah 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 blah, and it wasn't really like that, and it just didn't align with with my values. Mm. And after a while, it took a toll on on my mental health again, and um, I ended up quitting quitting there, and then just going in the spiral of not mm. being able to find like good work or work that I actually enjoyed. Sounds like you must have signed it. NDA or something because you can't talk too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't talk too much about it. Yeah. yeah. So you left um, that job and then you went moved to Sunshine Coast or? Uh, I left that job and I did a whole host of other small jobs here and there in, in Sydney and um, I just like just couldn't find anything that mm. that I was happy where I was happy. So I don't know if it was just the mental space that I was in. I don't know if it was like the fact that I had come from a job that I finally mm. um, found that I really enjoyed and, and then I got made redundant from that. And so I was comparing every other job to that and just nothing could, could compare. So, yeah. So so then if I hung around in Sydney for another maybe year or two and, and then ended up moving uh, back up to the Sunshine Coast because my parents and my, uh, my well, the rest of my family's up here. So. Mm-hmm. So you moved to Sunshine Coast with your parents, and well, yeah, I moved. I moved back to the Sunshine Coast and uh, stayed with my parents for a bit, mm. and then um, that was a struggle. Like got moving back in with parents, um, and then ended up. How like, old were you at the time? Um, would have been thirty something. Yeah, just over thirty. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, moving back in with parents at that sort of age was. Interesting, interesting experience, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm super grateful for them for mm. you know giving me the giving me a place to stay while I was looking for another place. But yeah, and then 
from there, I, I um, basically uh, well, we talked earlier about me enjoy, enjoying boats. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking for something that could um, that I could do that was around boats and that sort of thing. And I ended up finding this this company that made these really cool little boats, and I ended up getting um, taking a pretty big loan and importing these boats um, with the plan to sell them here. And that absolutely went south and just like I ended up with so much debt from it with and uh, and about 10 boats that I couldn't sell because mm. the market just wasn't ready for those those boats here. What um, sort of boats are they? They, they were called, they kind of like, they call them micro skiff, which is like a small like power boat sort of thing um it's like a a very like shallow running boat um specifically set up for like fishing and that sort of stuff oh yeah um like in the estuaries and that um you sold them in the end uh, and yeah ended up selling them in the end but it took me a long time to (laughs) to get there like it was a it was an absolute mission to sell them there were so many hoops that i had to jump through and you know, there were so many issues that that I had to overcome to be able to sell all of them. But mm. yeah, that was an extremely stressful time in my life. Like, I think I was the investment that I'd put into it was like eighty plus k or something. And yeah, it was it was really hard to to make that back to pay that back, sort of thing. So yeah, what lessons did you draw from that? Uh, resilience, definitely. Um, a lot of resilience from that. But yeah, also I probably didn't do enough, like from a business point of view, I didn't do enough due diligence with yeah. that. I, I just saw like, like something that I was going to enjoy doing. I was like, oh, these boats are so cool. I'm going to like, it's going to be so much fun selling these things. And, mm. and I just jumped into it, which it was great on one end because I learned so much and I wouldn't ever take it back, but. I probably should have done a little bit more research into it and a little bit more planning. So how um, long all up did it take you to sell them? Uh, I think three years. Three years, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So I've still got one of them left, which is, yeah, which is mine. Yeah, cool. Um, but, yeah. So then what did you do from there? You didn't want to buy more boats to sell them again? Definitely didn't buy more boats. No, that was that was actually um, quite a, um, yeah, It that those boats led me to getting like i mean i kind of struggled with um obviously with like my mental health going like going from all those different jobs and everything into going to this into like having like being in so much debt like everything i was just really starting to struggle and yeah it actually led to um it led to me having to go to hospital at one point what was Um, that for um, I, it, it was a, a, a really bad anxiety attack and I thought I was dying. I was like this, like, so basically like weeks leading up to this anxiety attack, I, um, I just started not, it just started feeling weird. Um, and I would go and sit at this coffee shop around the corner from, from where I used to live. And, um, I would work there like every day. Didn't really have many friends on the Sunshine Coast. It was just like basically me and uh, going and sitting in this coffee shop because I'd kind of made friends with the guys at the coffee shop. 
and um, I would sit there for like half the day and just kind of work from there and at that stage I was drinking like three coffees a day just because I felt like I needed to order coffees because I was sitting at their coffee shop sort of thing and um, probably wasn't great for me and weeks leading up to this anxiety attack I um, I think like I got it in my head that I had like a pain in my back or something like that or and then I had like started <laughs> googling this pain and it's like oh yeah like that these are symptoms of like a heart attack or something like that and it's all like a stroke or something I can't remember what it was but anyway it's like so this was like playing in my head the whole time and I got all, all this the money issues playing in my head at the same time and just I remember one day just waking up and I was like not in a good way went to the coffee shop and I had like three coffees in like before 11 a.m. or something like that (laughs) and it was my worst idea ever and I just started like my heart started palpitating and I had to go home and um, I'd just learned about breath work and went home and did a round of breath work um, and it kind of got better and I was like oh yeah sweet this is good I've been able to figure it out and then later that afternoon it came back again and um so the, i tried breath work again and just didn't work out and ended up having to like call my parents and be like i think i'm having a heart attack or um or a stroke or something like that mm. and my mum was like oh do you want us to call you an ambulance and i was like no i want you guys to come and pick me up um in my head, it, it like it literally felt like I was dying. I was like, "This could be the last time I see my parents. I don't want to go. I don't, I don't want to die in an ambulance, sort of thing." So, um, yeah, they came and picked me up and rushed me to the hospital, and it was just like, I just remember being at like one of the scariest moments of my life. Like, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know if I was having a heart attack or I had no idea what was going on. Mm. And get to the hospital and explained to them what was going on and and the guy was like uh yeah we think you're having an anxiety attack and i was like what no no way like I, that doesn't happen to me sort of thing <laughs> you know like it, it's so weird because leading up to that i didn't realize that all of the things that i was feeling like when i'd lost my job and all, all mm. of those sorts of things like I didn't realize that that was anxiety Mm. or that at least like mild anxiety or something like that. So, um, it's it's just, it's just not talked about. Like, see when this stuff happens to you, you're just like, you're like, what the hell is going on? I don't like, it's so weird. Mm. Yeah. So just all built up over time. Just all built up. Yeah. Just, just all built up over time. And I wasn't talking to anyone about all of the, the struggles that I was going through. Like, I wasn't talking to anyone about um, the business side of stuff. Like, as as an entrepreneur, it, it, it's like, I mean, sure, you, you know, you run a few businesses and that, but you need to be able to talk to people about business and yeah, definitely, um, and all of that. And I just wasn't doing it. I was just like in this mindset of I can do everything myself, sort of thing. Mm. Totally incorrect. Um, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's good. I mean, you would have learned. So you, 
coming out of that, um, obviously you'd probably still have it, like mild dose, I mean, taste of anxiety. Yeah, yeah. So how do you deal with it now? Um, a lot of tools. So um, one of them is – it's like not one specific thing. It just depends on how I'm feeling and how bad it is and that sort of stuff. But um, breathwork has definitely been like a really good, really good thing for me. It What's, just, what sort of breathwork? Um, it started off with Wim, Wim Hof breathwork. Um, like probably most people would have started out. Um, well, most people that get into breathwork. Yeah. Um, and then now I, I don't even know what I like. I've do about created your own. Yeah, own. yeah. It's almost like, oh, no. It's all, it's almost like a. Um, I've tried about ten different types of breathwork, and but mm. it's just like it, I love it now. It's 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 one of the greatest things I've ever like discovered in life. Um, it just really allows you to drop into your body and like and find like and just get still you know like where nothing you, you yeah you, i don't i don't know how to explain it it's just like um it is sort of hard to explain you've yeah. got to almost experience it yeah yeah so that's that's, that's one of one of them and then um i don't know i think one of the other things that was a catalyst to all the anxiety and stuff that i was going through was um definitely partying too much like when i was in sydney mm-hmm. that was the that was the um, just the culture there. It's just like, or at least where I was, like in the ag- advertising agencies and that man, that like it's such a culture of just partying and like you know drugs and all that sort of stuff. And mm. yeah, I was just going too too much, like yeah. every week sort of thing, um, and that definitely took took a toll. I suppose when you moved back to the Sunshine Coast, coming off that lifestyle, or you didn't come off. Um, I, well, moving back to the Sunshine Coast, I, I probably like, I did, like I, I wasn't, definitely wasn't partying as much, but I was still partying a fair bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically the, the weekend before I, uh, yeah, the weekend before I went, I think I went to a hospital on like a Tuesday and I think that weekend I had had a big weekend. Yeah. Right. And so that was like definitely the real catalyst to, to me having such a bad anxiety attack where I needed to go to hospital. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. I'd, What's your stance on most of that now? Um, definitely if you have any sort of anxiety or anything like that, you should not be partying. Look, I don't mind blowing steam off every now and then, hmm. um, but I, I definitely don't do it as much as I used to. Like I'll have a, a little like casual drinks or something like that with – friends every now and then uh, if if you're struggling with it with any sort of anxiety or depression like it's probably the first thing to cut out yeah if if you are into partying and that sort of thing like it's probably like the first thing to cut out i would say mm. i would agree yeah so what are you doing now um with your business so business wise now i'm doing a few different things so um i got contacted by a company in germany like they sell a little product and um, that's doing really well in Germ- Germany and so now they've asked me if I'd be interested in distributing it here. So I'm kind of starting that up at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I what, do a bit of... What's that look like? What is it? Uh, it's it's a product called a rest tube, which is basically like a... Um, it's like a little life-saving device. So you strap it around your, your waist and um, it's for anyone who like anyone around the water basically. So um, it's 
kind of sits it kind of sits in a little pouch and you pull a, a trigger if you need to and once you pull the trigger it inflates into like a big into like a buoyancy device that um so let's say you're an open water swimmer and you're swimming out in the ocean and you get a really bad cramp and uh, you're in a bit of trouble you'd be wearing that around your waist and pull it and it would inflate and allow you to just like hang on to it and that sort of thing or yeah, same cool. like free divers and that like or snorkelers like the beauty of it is it allows you to like kind of dive under the water mm. still like you've still got a lot of range of motion and freedom of, of movement and that sort of stuff so yeah cool yeah so so that's an interesting little product uh, project that i'm busy working on at the moment Seems a bit more aligned yeah. with your yeah. beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit more like it's actually helping people and it's actually saved like many lives around the world so far and that sort of thing. So it's definitely a lot more aligned with yeah, with me and my values and that sort of stuff. So Yeah, cool. Yeah. What else are you doing? Um uh, I do a bit of videography and photography as well because I enjoy that. Yeah, cool. Um so like at, at the moment like I just try and do work that I really enjoy doing. It doesn't matter how much, like if it's not making me much money or anything like that. It's just as long as I'm enjoy do, enjoying doing it. Like when I was in Sydney working for an ad agency, like I was making more money than I probably should have been making at, at that time mm. um, for my experience and all that sort of stuff. And it didn't matter. Like I wasn't happy. Yeah. It Like money is, is not... I mean, money's great to an extent, but it's not going to make you happy. It's not going to like. It's not going to fix problems if you if you've yeah. got bigger problems in your life and that sort of thing. Mm, definitely, I'm seeing a bit. I mean, I, you can touch on it, but I'm seeing a few patterns of. You obviously were into boats, mm. and you get stuck in a kind of rut partying, but you're also doing jobs you don't like, and mm. now that you've kind of push that away almost get dealt with a few um mm. mental health issues mm. now you're starting to almost attract what you want and you're like doing like this how did they approach you the guys from germany um because it seems kind they, of i think it was on like linkedin or something they just um they'd I, what i'd done is i changed my profile to just be aligned with everything that i enjoy doing yeah cool um and yeah and it just just kind of attracted them, I guess. They just reached out to me and said, "Hey, we we've tried a few other distributors here, and um, they haven't quite worked out. You seem like you're going to be the right guy." And I was like, Fuck, "I don't really have the. I'm like, I'm not a big distributor or anything. I don't know if I have the experience for this." And yeah, they were like, "No, that's cool. We you think we think well, like your values and everything align with with our company, and um, we'll help you along the way." putting yourself Um, out there yeah just putting myself out there and just you know well it's exactly that yeah putting myself out there and i guess putting that energy out there to that and hopefully like it'll attract the things that you want yeah to attract into your life sort of that's exactly what i'm thinking and i think a lot of people are would be in your position your sydney Mm. position Mm. um i've definitely heard of a few people who've done that and then say you know yeah I've got a mate who lives in Bali and he was in Sydney earning, I don't know, two fifty thousand a year. Mm. Not happy. Yeah. Now he's in Bali, not probably earning as much money and he's happy. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's not about money. Unless you yeah. have a purpose for the money, then what are you doing? Exactly right. Yeah. It's consuming. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, there's so many people that you see um, that um, have a lot of money and just are not happy. Like, you've you've really got to have a something bigger in your life than money. Mm. Um, if you can, if you've got the money, and you can use it for great for good stuff. Then yeah, yeah. for sure. But um, earning money for the sake of earning money and being rich is just not. It's just not ever going to make anyone happy, I don't think. Not in the long run, anyway. Hmm. So, like, maybe short term. But, yeah, long term it'll get you if you're not if you're not um, doing things that align with yourself and your values and all that sort of stuff. Hmm. So what else are you doing to maintain your mental health? Um, I So part of it is... Uh, I started exercising a lot more again, like getting into exercise and that a lot more. I've I found um, uh, climbing, which has been a really good mm-hmm. uh, thing for me. Like the, the climbing community has been absolutely amazing. Um, just, just yeah, just like finding things that um, that you enjoy doing and mm-hmm. and putting effort into doing that. That's that's what I've sort of done. Um, I eat a lot cleaner than I used to. Like when I was in Sydney, I was just like, you know, I'd eat burgers every day and just like, you know, obviously the drinking and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I've definitely cleaned up my diet and started exercising and all that sort of stuff. And that, that stuff alone has a massive impact on mental health. Um, also like just being able to talk to people. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Like w- people, there's there's way too much stigma around mental health, especially in men. Um, like you hear it all the time. People are just like, I mean, it's it's coming way more to the forefront now, um, where I think men are starting to get more comfortable talking about stuff. But if you can't talk about like what you're going through, it it makes it so much harder. It's so much more isolating. Yeah. Um, and that was the scariest thing for me when I was going through mental health issues is like um, that isolation. You just get, you, you feel like no one can help you. Yeah. You feel like no one understands. Um, and it's so scary. Like that was such a scary thing. Just feeling like this is, it's it's like, it, it felt, for me, it felt like I was going crazy. It felt like there was a lot of like this whole doom and gloom thing and like, it was, this, it was such a scary feeling um, and it wasn't until I realised that it was a normal thing to go through these anxieties and to have anxiety and go through ups and downs and like sometimes you just get really bad downs Yeah. Um, and you've just got to understand that it's a part of life. If you don't have those downs, you can never really appreciate the ups, I think. Mm. Definitely. Um, but yeah, being able to talk talk about it was the was where it really started to get a little bit better for me. Yeah, awesome. Did you um, at the time were you talking to even your parents about it? Uh, I I tried talking to my parents about it, but they didn't really get it. Yeah, they didn't really understand it. So I kind of needed to talk to um, some other people. Yeah, it 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 was. I don't know why. Uh, it, I don't know if it was just like my parents or something like that. Well, I would probably agree that I just think a lot of parents don't that I don't know what because like 
you're obviously the third person now who's had this experience. It's not like we, mm. it's not like I approached you and said, oh, I've heard you've had an anxiety attack. Do you want to come talk about it? Like I didn't even know you'd had one. Mm. Um, so it's obviously common. Yeah. But why do you think it is in our kind of generation? Yeah, I, I think it's um, just not talked about enough. Like, But uh, if they, were they experiencing it, do you think? Uh I've I've spoken to my parents about this and they like I've like blatantly asked them like have you ever gone through any sort of anxiety or anything like that because um, I, I I guess the reason why I couldn't talk to them and I and I don't know if this would be for everyone else too but for me the reason why I couldn't talk to them was because their parents like they lo- like they obviously love me mm. so much and and. Uh, but it was kind of they're too close to it, so all they want to do is they want to fix the problem. They don't want to like when you're going through that, you just need someone who can listen. Yeah. Whereas they don't understand that they just want to they they just worried and they really just want to fix the problem. Mm. Um, and they yeah they couldn't they couldn't see that. I don't know if there's. Like there probably needs to be a lot more education around how to um, how to deal with someone who's going through anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of the reasons why that generation doesn't get it because there isn't that education around it. Um, I think um, in our generation, there's probably yeah, there's there's a bit more education around it, and mm-hmm. we're starting to understand it a bit more, and it's coming more to the to the forefront and all that sort of thing. So. Did it exist in their generation? Is I suppose the other question. I don't know. That they would. I've heard them people like that. Um, older people say, like it's a new thing. My mum says that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's always so surprised about how, um, like how our generation is going through so much anxiety and depression and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and she says they never saw that. Maybe they just. Like they were silent because obviously suicide was existed back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think anxiety would have led there? For me, it's I don't like to think about it. But if it carried on going the way that it was going, who knows? If you didn't do anything about it, and you just if, suppre- if you suppressed it with drugs, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I think not talking about it. I actually, I, I actually have a. Um, uh, he wasn't a close friend, but he was. A, um, I'd met him a few times, um, and about three or four weeks ago, he actually committed suicide. He hanged himself. Mm. And um, for anyone who knew him, you would never, you would never have known. Like he was like the, He was just. He was just a happy guy. Like none of his. It shocked everyone. None of his friends knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he ended up taking his life and just never spoke about it. And that's the thing. Like, that's why it's so important to talk about it because it can go downhill, like, really fast if you don't start talking. Did you say you knew him personally? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you now kind of think back to the last time you saw him and see any kind of signals or not really? Not really. Um, Only because one of the guys who was on, I'm not sure if he mentioned it, but he did tell me that, same thing happened to one of his friends recently. Mm. Mm. Um, 
but he was, you know, everyone said he was happy, he's happy. But then when he reflected on it, he could see the cries for help. Mm. It was obvious to him afterwards. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I know him through, um, through my cousins and um, one of my cousins did say to me, yeah, there were a few things that he, that he said that to him that, that were a bit of a, maybe not a cry for help, but he was just, he, I, I guess he was trying to, yeah, maybe it was a cry for help, but he he talked about how he would get on his on his uh, motorbike and like ride around the streets at like 180 k's an hour, weaving through traffic and that sort of thing. And I think, yeah, my cousin and I actually talked about this the other day, and, he, and my cousin was like, yeah, reflecting on that, that was kind of him saying silently, I mean, in a roundabout way, that he was kind of suicidal, I guess, mm. and just. Yeah, it's it's subtle things. It's subtle things like that. I personally, I like. I I've tried to reflect on it, and I I don't remember him yeah. saying too much to myself. But yeah, yeah, interesting. We've um, have I told you about this? No. So we've brought out a. Um, we're just about to launch, calling it Stillness Every Day. Mm-hmm. Be launched by the time everyone listens to yours, but. It's a meditation gratitude journal. Yep. Um, with the kind of, you know, hope that people who are in dark places can look at the light, set intentions, what they'd be accomplished for, what they're grateful for. Yep. You know, reflections. Yep. Just journaling. And then um, meditations, will you be able to scan to and meditate on the website? Yeah, that's... And also just reflecting on your week and where you've been. So, I love it. I, I love, love like I feel like it really. It's also kind of again bringing light to this whole thing again. Hmm. How do you think if you had this in? Oh, I at mean, the cafe? That, it was kind of yeah. It, that was kind of part of my getting better. To be honest, like like journaling, like journaling and and just writing down like starting to set goals for myself and all that sort of stuff again Mm. Um, because I think I just went by the wayside and I just kind of uh, there was just so much going through my head and I and I just lost myself really Mm. Um, something like that allows me like would have allowed me to I guess yeah you've got to have a reason mm, to get up I think for sure you've got to have a reason yeah you got to have things you're working towards. Yeah. Even if it's like, even if you don't know what it is yet, because that's another thing. It's a, like sometimes people just don't know what they want to do, and they just like they'll get stuck in in ruts mm. just because they don't know what they want to do. Yeah, um, I think like it can be the tiniest reason, and just knowing that yeah, one day you'll figure it out mm. what you want to do. Just keep trying things and all that sort of stuff. But um, if you, I think it is. It makes it so much harder if you don't have something to wake up for and that sort of thing. Um, I think, yeah, your kind of story is that, you know, you've got to try a bunch of things. You can't, mm. you know, there's someone, someone said to me the other day, I can't remember who it was right now, but they they wanted to be an architect or something. Mm. Their parents wanted them to be an engineer, so they'd be an engineer. Mm. I don't know who that was. Maybe Gabby said it. Yeah. But it's like, if you want to be an architect, just go be an architect. Yeah. Like, don't be scared. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. I, I see so many people do that. Like, um, throughout school and that, even for me, I always knew that I wanted to do something creative, and um, so I was a shit student. Like, I was, I didn't finish, didn't end up finishing school. Um, but yeah, everyone would always be like, "Oh, you know, you should, you should." do this, do that, do this. Like you, you want to um, go and be an engineer or something like that. And it's just like, if I, I just knew if I if I was ever to do any of that stuff, I just would be miserable. Um, I think it's important to, yeah. You need the self-awareness. You need the self-awareness, yeah. I but, think, yeah. do you act on intuition? Massively, yeah. 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 Do you think you get the intuitive um, thought, but then you kind of suppress it with what ifs or you don't do that you're more of a um yeah i i'm I, like i can definitely sometimes be be a massive overthinker so yeah. like although i'm quite um like spontaneous and i will act on my like i'm i'm very intuitive as well like it's just one of like the things so like and and i will act on it and but at the, on the flip side of that i can like I, I overthink a lot of things way more than i should of life completely forgot what you <laughs> well say. i suppose like, the boat buying um 10 boats was probably yeah um yeah yeah trusting your gut because a lot of people would be scared to take a risk like that yeah like whether it was smart or stupid it was still very, it was still a yeah still a lot a good experience that would have taught you a lot and probably help you with this next business you're on yeah. the way to yeah whereas well, a lot wouldn't take that step they'd be too scared yeah most yeah like most people i spoke to when I was doing that I was like what are you doing like that's the dumbest thing you can do um and I was just like no nah, I'm just like I'm gonna give it a go because it could lead to something great it could bomb out which it kind of it didn't 100% bomb out like I kind of made my money back but um it was super stressful but yeah the lessons that I learned from that were just like there's no way that I could have learned those lessons anywhere else so for, from a, from, not only from a business point of view, from just a like resilience point of view, f- mm. as a as a human being now, like I feel like I'm so much stronger for for doing that. Did you ever do? Have you ever done free work or kind of volunteered to a place that you wanted to learn from? Um, I ha- I I do a fair bit of um, free work for companies that like. Um, that I'm interested in, or something yeah, like yeah. that. So yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, um, when, when you say in this boat thing, I mean I'm thinking of when there's an opportunity and you someone's got something to teach you. Mm. It's almost the same thing. Like you came out level, mm. you did it all yourself the hard way. You could just go. I mean, not saying um, your experience, but someone could just go up to someone, knock on their door, hey mate, because I'd like to learn. I work for free, but a lot of people don't want to work for free. Yeah, but it's no. like you're going to uni and you're paying for it to learn. Mm. Like it's no different, and you got to pay that back. Or, yeah, so. well, I've still got heaps of uni debt to pay. Exactly, back. same. <laughs> so like, mine's over a hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and you could have just learned that by exactly what you're saying mm. there. Just like going in and going to someone knocking on their door and being like, "Hey, I work for free, and just I just want to learn." Literally. Um, and a lot of learning you can do. I mean, you won't – like, obviously, you're going to be doing the, – the, the other thing that puts people off, I think, is sometimes you will be sweeping floors. Yeah. But then 
10 hours out of the 20 you'll be learning stuff and just watching ob- observing how the yeah. business is run or i don't know what they're running mm. i know lee j the first podcast we had he went and volunteered for the screen printing business because he was letting him on the side use the screen printer for his own shirt mm. and he ended up buying the guy's business a few years later yeah so i mean you, yeah. you, you don't know that opportunity unless you put yourself out there yeah yeah no definitely like um even like in the videography photography world i think heaps of people do that like they'll do free work for until they build up a portfolio or just to get that and i think that could be like carried on over to so many different industries and all that sort of thing i think like yeah the on that like i i just think it would be so good if people realized how how much experience and how much you can learn about yourself and that just being able, just going out and doing, if you love something mm. and you want to, like the thing I, I hear so much in my, in my life is like, you, I always land up in jobs that look amazing and everything. And again, I haven't always loved them, but like some of the jobs, like the, the, the one, that one in particular, um, uh, that I got let go of. Um, like when I got that, people were like, "How do you land up with these sorts of jobs?" And it's it's all through putting yourself in the in that situation. Mm. Like now, where I'm at now, I I, I don't feel like I ever work. Mm. Like I work a lot, but I never actually feel like I'm working yeah, because I'm good. enjoying what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, and there's no ways I'd be in that position if I didn't mm. um, do exactly what you you were saying sort of thing. Just yeah. put yourself out there. I get the same thing now. And what was I looking? I was looking at this email before. The account, uh, accountants asked me for stuff for my tax last year. Mm. And I looked at the date. It was like 13th of September. And I, I unread it and made I'll do it tomorrow. And then I went and I was like, I'll do it now. Went in a reading. I was like, fuck. Oh, just can't do it. Like, <laughs> I just can't do just jobs I don't want to do. Yeah. But then yeah. yesterday at the studio, like I was helping Jai mop and clean the floors and recycle clay, and it's like, mm. yeah, it's mm. not really work. Yeah. So it's like you got to. I don't know. There's got to be a purpose for what you want to do. But back to that. Um, back to the volunteering. I think in because I studied architecture, mm. and I, I remember hearing a lot of because I always had the art mentality like if I was going to work, which I was never going to work for mm. an architect, but mm. I would go and knock on the best one that I could find and work yeah. for them. Yeah. But apparently there's it's frowned upon in the architecture world. They, yeah, right. they don't recommend it. It's almost like I feel like the, a lot of architects abused the free labor, but like. Mm. Surprised that know. it's frowned upon. Yeah. Same. Like, I think it's um, probably the best thing you could do. Yeah. Or go and to a construction yeah. site with a white card and just say I want to follow labor and follow yeah. around the supervisor and yeah. learn about building, yeah. which you don't learn at school. I just honestly think it's the best. Like I would, if I could have my time again for uni, like I would, I probably wouldn't have gone. I would have just gone and done exactly that, knocked knocked on someone's door and said, like, just tried different things. Yeah. Went there for a week. If I didn't like it, and I'll just go, okay, this isn't right for me. I'm going to go try the next thing. Go try the next thing. Go try the next thing until you find something that's like, oh yeah, this could be could be all right and then just keep doing that or jump on youtube yeah probably learn enough on graphic design on youtube yeah 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 probably good all right well thanks trevor it's been good chats yeah no hopefully the conversation is going to help someone else yeah who's yeah. in a similar position or situation 
Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. That yeah. Just being able to talk about the stuff, I think. Um, I think I think the the most thing the most important thing is just people understand like knowing that everyone goes through through yeah. that like through struggles and just talk about it to someone. Yep. Yeah. How would you final words? How would you how would you bring it up to the friend that you want to tell that you're going through this and to break the ice? It might be an awkward conversation for someone, or you might be a bit. It is like there's no easy way. I don't I don't think there's an easy way. You've just got to sit down with someone that you trust. Um, if 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 you have that person, if you, if you're lucky enough to have that person in your life, and just be like, "Hey, I need to get something off my chest," and just chat. For me, like I didn't really talk to anyone that um, that I massively trust. Like I tried, I tried with my parents, but then um, quickly realized I couldn't talk to them about it, and I just. I just ended up reaching out to Annika, actually. Um, oh, really? Yeah, um, my, my housemate, and um, uh, yeah, I just called her one day and said, "Hey, do you mind if we catch up for a coffee?" And we caught up for a coffee, and I just like had a chat. To her. we didn't know each other that well, mm. um, Annika and I, um, at the at the time, and just that started started the like process of me getting better so i think yeah awesome it's the most important thing for me and if you're partying too much and you're going through stuff then stop doing that as well stop partying from the horse's mouth guys if there is i know there's a bunch of people out there like you can always reach out to us you can probably message trevor trevor no doubt um i know the guys at exalto corrective culture there's um jordan potts uh josh sherwell jake stone callan like They've got the Gentleman's Club going at the moment as well, which, yeah, there's heaps of guys out there that you can have a chat to if you've got no one else. Perfect. Jai Stewart at the Pottery Studio. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. Thanks.